This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This week's podcast is brought to you by Black Mirror, now streaming on Netflix. Created by Charlie Brooker, described by The New Yorker as the Twilight Zone for the digital age, Black Mirror is an anthology of six self-contained dark stories. Six new episodes are now streaming on Netflix, including episodes about a world where everyone is ranked out of five, another with a string of mysterious deaths linked to social media, and more, all with biting satire. The episodes feature appearances by Bryce Dallas Howard, Mackenzie Davis, Michael Kelly, Malachi Kirby, Kelly McDonald, Jerome Flynn, and more. See Black Mirror now, only on Netflix. A science story, huh? These NYU scientists, they and I it felt, felt right. I was so and I just thought, well, I had figured it, wow. out. I it was that tall. golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true personal stories about science. This week's story is from Herman Ponzer. It was recorded in May 2016 at the Green Space in Manhattan, as part of a show we produced in partnership with Public Radio's Studio 360 with Kurt Anderson. Uh, humans are weird. We don't think we're weird. We're biased. But imagine just for a second how you look to any other normal animal. Big, bulbous head, naked, sweaty skin, walking around on two legs, your bits flopping about. All right, it's disgusting, it's disgusting. And we know this inherently because we're the only species that feels the need to cover ourselves in clothing. And secondly, if you ever think about any time you hear about a case of bestiality, it's always the humans that initiate it. Uh, so I'm a biological anthropologist, which means my job is to figure out how humans got to be such oddities, how evolution shaped our biology and our bodies. And that is how I ended up driving a 30-year-old Land Rover covered in diesel fuel into the teeth of this raging savanna fire in northern Tanzania. I was in the middle of a two-month stint uh, living with a Hadza, one of the last populations of hunter-gatherers on the planet. And nobody had ever measured how many calories you burn if you're a hunter-gatherer. And to my buddy and fellow anthropologist Dave and I, that seemed like an obvious, sort of screamingly important thing to do. Uh, from an evolutionary perspective, life is just a game of turning energy into kids. And so you can't understand anything about a species until you understand how it, it uses its energy. And since humans evolved as hunter-gatherers, we were missing something really fundamental about humans if we didn't understand how hunter-gatherers use energy. We are also missing something really important in public health because it's commonly assumed that one of the reasons that we struggle with diabetes and obesity and other metabolic disease in the West is that our cushy you know, urban lifestyles don't burn as many calories as our hunter-gatherer ancestors did. You know, a typical American adult burns about 2,500 calories a day, but estimates for hunter-gatherer energy expenditures are 3,000, even more calories a day. But those are just estimates. So this might be a big problem and something we need to tackle, but without real data, there's no way to get a handle on that and know. 
So the plan was pretty simple. We'd go live with a Hadza, and we'd have them drink some water that was enriched in these isotopes of hydrogen and oxygen. Completely safe, completely expensive, and what you would do then is after they drink some of this water, they, we would collect urine samples over every couple of days for about two weeks, and by analyzing the levels of those isotopes in the urine samples, we could calculate how much carbon dioxide they produce every day, and that would tell us how many calories they're burning, because you can't burn calories without making carbon dioxide. Now, the one little wrinkle was that we had to keep the urine samples frozen. And for that, we were going to use liquid nitrogen. Perhaps that seems like overkill. Uh, but when you're in the middle of the savanna with no electricity and no obvious way to keep things cold, liquid nitrogen is the way to go. And plus, cattle husbandry, turns out, is huge business in East Africa. At the places like Awash in bull semen, which they keep on liquid nitrogen. So it's actually easier to get a gallon of liquid nitrogen than a good cappuccino in most of East Africa. <laughs> All right. So we knew that the Hadza would burn a lot more calories than we do in the West. The question was really just how much. Um, life is really strenuous for the Hadza. They don't have any agriculture, no domesticated crops or animals. They don't have any machines. They don't have any... You know, modern conveniences, no electricity or plumbing, anything like that. Instead, they wake up every morning and they comb the rocky savanna around them to get food to eat that day. So men go out and hunt wild game with bows and arrows that they fashion themselves. Women go out and look for wild plant foods. They dig for tubers or collect berries, uh, often with a kid on their back the whole day. And at the end of the day, they come back and, to camp and share the food they got sitting around their grass huts um, having dinner. It's an incredibly strenuous, challenging lifestyle. But a lot like the Amish here in the States, they know about the outside world, but the Hobbs are really proud of their culture. They really love their old traditions and they stay with them. And that's a boon to people like me who are interested in, in our species past. Uh, the Hadza are incredibly generous to let us live with them and do this research, and they are also incredibly badass. Nothing, I can tell you this from experience, nothing makes you feel less adequate as a man than sitting there eating your bowl of instant oatmeal while five Hadza guys come back with a freshly killed antelope uh, that they stole from a pride of lions because the lions are afraid of them. Well, up until the fire, everything had been going great that season. Dave and I had talked an, another buddy, uh, Brian, and another, he's also an anthropologist, into leading the field, op field operations. Brian is a Hadza expert. He's lived with them on and off for years. And the deal was, Dave and I, who had done field work but nothing with a Hadza, we would focus on getting the energetics measurements. Brian would take care of everything else. Any problems arose? It was up to Brian to sort of lead the way, and, and, and he'd know what to do. Uh, up to that point, everything had been going great, though. There really weren't any snags. The only one funny thing that happened was a, a tank of diesel fuel in the back of one of the Land Rovers had sprung a leak, and it just spilled diesel fuel all over the back of the Land Rover, just soaked the whole thing. And we thought, well, as long as we're not dumb enough to get this thing near open flames, we're fine. Ha, ha, ha. Well, the fire came out of nowhere, and Brian, that morning, had conveniently left to go track a wounded giraffe with some Hadza guys. Typical Wednesday morning, am I right? And the landscape there is just this 
golden sea of tall, dry grass. The entire thing is incredibly flammable. Uh, you are just waiting to get burned alive as the, this wall of fire comes towards us. It got Dave and me totally by surprise. And we look at each other and we realize everything we have is flammable. The tents, the sleeping bags, the computers, the solar panels, uh, not to mention oh, the Land Rovers, of course, which are your lifeline to the outside world, uh, and uh, you know, what fire would do to this five-gallon cocktail of liquid nitrogen and Hadza pee. I mean, we're, <laughs> the whole project is about to just go poof, you know? And we thought, what the hell are we going to do? We're, we are in the middle of, this is all going to be fire very soon. What are we going to do? Where can we go? There's no escape. We realized the only place that wouldn't burn was where it had already burned. So all we had to do was drive through the fire to get to where it would already burn. So that seemed like the best option. If, I mean, that's, that's, when that's the best option, that's, a, that's tough. So <laughs> we just took everything, all the important stuff anyway, and just chucked it all in the Land Rovers and just aimed for a break in the firewall and just hoped we wouldn't explode and drove through. And it worked. We didn't explode. I'm here. Uh, and we're getting out of the Land Rovers, feeling pretty good about ourselves, having saved the day without Brian's help. And Dave, Brian, Dave and I look at each other, pretty happy, pretty satisfied. And we look back towards the Hadza village as the fire kind of sweeps in. And that's when we saw the Hadza houses, those little grass huts, start going up like match heads. Just And we were just in disbelief. We ran over to the camp as quick as we could. And there are the Hadza women, gossiping, chatting, laughing. They'd seen that fire coming long before, and they'd done what any smart Hadza woman would do. They'd went into their houses, grabbed all their possessions, which they could do like this, in two arms, and taken them out to some flat rocks that couldn't possibly burn near camp. They were fine. In Hadza land, you can rebuild your house in about a day. But, you know, replacing that nice cotton t-shirt, that's a pain in the butt, right? So life lesson in priorities from the Hadza women there. Uh, so we survived the fire, and we did hit some other snags that summer. We had a Land Rover breakdown on a resupply in the middle of nowhere. Um, the liquid nitrogen kept running low because those tanks are built for you know, air-conditioned laboratories, not hot equatorial sun. Uh, we had to drive to Kenya to ship the samples out. But, you know, time goes on, and eventually it's the day that you're packing up and leaving camp, and then it's the day that you're getting on the airplane, and you're flying through Amsterdam having that nice cappuccino, and you're back home, and you slip back into your old routine. Summer kind of works its way into fall. Classes start up, so I'm teaching classes that fall. Then it's winter break in February. Snow's on the ground, and I get an email from the isotope lab that had analyzed, finally, all of those urine samples. And there, in an email attachment, was, were all the answers. There's the data. There's distilled, the entire project distilled into a little Excel file, all the calories per day for all the Hadza men and women that participated in the study. This was it. This was the, the, the reason for doing all this. Too much. It's overwhelming. I couldn't open it up right away, so I sort of cleaned my office and alphabetized my bookshelves and everything else. <laughs> Finally, it's time to, to reckon with this, so I sat down, 
And I pulled up, first thing I did, I pulled up some, some comparison data for folks from the US and Europe, like us here in this room. And I had their energy expenditures all mapped out, and I had that nice 2,500 calories a day average that you'd expect for folks like us. And then I got the hottest stuff ready, and this was going to be big. Was it going to be 3,000 calories, 4,000? I didn't know, right? Was the computer going to explode from all the calories? And <laughs> Couple of clicks, and there it was. No difference. No difference at all. Same 2,500 calorie, 2, calories that we burn here in the West. I couldn't believe it. I was sort of, you know, nauseous. <laughs> and I tried, you know, I'm a scientist. We know how to massage data, right? So I'm, <laughs> I'm correcting for body size, and I'm correcting for sex, and I'm correcting for age, and I'm doing all the... Nothing. Nothing. Hods are completely indistinguishable from, from you and me. We went to all that trouble, three years to get this funding and get this permits for this project, all that trouble in the field, right? All the generosity and time from the Hods of themselves, of course, surviving a wildfire, all to get energy expenditures for Hods of hunter-gatherers, and apparently I could have gotten 30 people off the street and gotten the same damn answer. There's a, a term of art in science that kind of captures that uh, crushing hopelessness you get. <laughs> when an experiment doesn't work. It's called negative results. Uh, these were the most negative results I'd ever had. Uh, it was just, I didn't know what to do. And then slowly, a light sort of flickered on, and I realized these were the coolest results I could have gotten. The Hadza were telling us something really fundamental and important about the way our bodies work, that no matter how different the lifestyles were, despite these radical differences in lifestyle, that just under the surface, our bodies were working really hard to keep everything running the same for the Hadza and for us in the West and for everybody else. We were going to have to rethink what we thought we knew about hunter-gatherers and about hunter-gatherer energetics and ecology and our hunter-gatherer past. We were going to have to rethink what we knew, what we thought we knew about obesity, right? We're constantly barraged with this message of we need to exercise more to stay thin. We need to adopt a more hunter-gatherer-like lifestyle, more physical activity. And it's absolutely true. Exercise is fantastic for you. You should do more of it. But it's not enough, right? What the Hadza data were telling us is you could be as active as a Hadza hunter-gatherer, and you're still not going to burn off the extra calories, right? Our bodies are working under the, under the surface against that. How do we do it? Right? How, does our, how do our bodies adapt to these radically different lifestyles to keep everything running the same? How do our bodies know in the first place how many calories you're supposed to burn? I had no idea. I was in uncharted territory right there in the office, and this was going to be a lot of fun. Thank you. That was Herman Ponsart. Herman is a professor of anthropology at Hunter College in New York who investigates the human and ape evolution. His work incorporates laboratory and field studies of humans and apes living and extinct to shed light on our evolutionary past. Most recently, he has investigated energy expenditure among Hadza hunter-gatherers in northern Tanzania. Follow him at at Herman Ponser, P-O-N-T-Z-E-R. 
thanks to Studio 360 with Kurt Anderson for partnering with us on this show. If you've never listened, Studio 360 is a Peabody Award-winning radio show and podcast about creativity, pop culture, the arts, and ideas, hosted by novelist and journalist and Spy Magazine co-founder Kurt Anderson. Follow them on Twitter at at Studio360Show. If you enjoyed today's story or a fan of the podcast, please consider writing us a review on iTunes. We're also grateful for the support of the Simons Foundation, who helped make this all possible. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Weck, Darren Barker, Ari Daniel, Christine Gentry, Skylar Bear, Shane Hanlon, Rosie Waldron, and Liz Neely, with help from Ariel Miller. The podcast is produced by Rose Eveleth, and the theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to The Green Space for hosting the show, and to Null Results for still being interesting. Thanks for listening. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.